everybody. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, September 24th, or maybe Thursday, September 23rd, depending on whether you're listening in the feed uh, or listening after it's published or watching on YouTube. You can watch every one of our shows, particularly the post-game primetime episodes live on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. And of course, we're always excited that this episode of pick six is presented by that's right. That delicious sound. I guess sounds can be delicious. <laughs> Bud Light presented by Bud Light, the official sponsor, official beer sponsor, excuse me, of the NFL share a limited edition Bud Light team can with us as you listen or watch along to the podcast, go to BudLight.com slash delivery. Very conveniently, I've got my Bud Light hashtag for the fans can right here. Now, this doesn't say hashtag 3 and 0 because Bud Light, while an amazingly delicious adult beverage, is not actually a soothsayer. It would not know that the Panthers would go up to 3 and 0 and beat the Texans on Thursday night, 24 to 9. But you can bet there are a lot of happy Panthers fans sipping on their ice-cold, delicious Bud Lights after that win by the Panthers. Of course, we had one celebrating Carolina's win. I had Carolina. Uh, I, I picked Carolina to win, and they won. And so I'm going to enjoy a Bud Light, and you should too. Go to BudLight.com slash delivery to get yours. Joining me to recap a, I don't even want to call it thrilling, but it was a football game. Panthers Texans joining me to recap it. Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? Uh, I'll just say this: the last time the Panthers were three and 2015 went to the Super Bowl. That's true. The time before that, they were three and zero. Breach do it. Breach two thousand three went to the Super Bowl. What do you want to say there, Johnny B? And I'll also add they went three and 1996. They went to the NFC title game, and I'm starting to think Brinson's Bud Light bottle has magical powers because that thing showed up at his house, and they haven't lost since. We should send all the beers to Brinson's house and see if those teams keep winning because there's something going on here. Wait, all right, are the Bengals and Steelers currently tied? I guess they're tied with the Ravens for first place. First place. And the Browns. And the Browns. Four-way tie. Four-way tie for first place. place. If you can use the words Bengals and first place in the same sentence, you're automatically winning. But the Bengals won week one. The Steelers won week one. In fact, since Bud Light sent us these bottles, the three teams they sent us the bottles for have not have been in first place for the entirety of the NFL season. Wow. Though, to be fair, the Bengals are also tied for last place. And unfortunately, that run is going to end on Sunday because the Steelers and Bengals are playing each other, although they could certainly tie. I'm not going to rule that out. This is Bengals go Ben's got an injured peck. But you know what? That's Sunday. We don't need to talk about that right now. Because Have, you, have you looked at the expert picks, Breach? Wilson will just argue. I have not. Don't you guys. Why don't you go look and see? I want to know how many people. Wilson has a longstanding habit of picking against the Steelers, usually against the spread, not always straight up. I want to know how many people pick the Bengals straight up. I picked them against the spread, the Bengals. Oh I didn't pick them. All right, here we go. The Bengals are... Well, yeah, do you remember that moment in Arrested Development when the mother, she grabs the... Oh, oh my goodness, what's going on here? I know, right? She grabs a pill. She's like, they, she must take the the uh, the drowsy warning for a winky-eyed, like, enjoy warning. Uh, so but- there are eight experts on our picks page on CBSSports.com. And five of them picked the Bengals. Wow. Against the spread? I wonder how many did no, it straight, straight up. up. Straight, straight up. Straight up. Oh. And one of them is Brinson. So Brent. I guess I Brinson's spitting in your face, Wilson. Take that. He's on the Joe Burrow bandwagon. I don't, I don't, I don't okay, hate that. You know what? You know what? The Bengals and Steelers didn't play. Right, it. right. Yeah. We'll talk about that Sunday night when me and Wilson are fighting for a half hour. Correct. No, uh, just uh, before, we'll, before we move on, before, I'm, I believe 
very whole, very deeply in my heart that the Steelers could very easily lose that game, much more so than the Ryan Finley Bowl. All right, go ahead. Um, that that game, by the way, will be recapped live on YouTube on Sunday night once Sunday night football wraps up, and Breach does his little hunting and pecking on the keyboard to finish up grades. You're definitely a hunter and pecker. I've watched you. Type. He's the Dave Gettleman of typist. <laughs> That's mean. Um, no, I remember Dave Gettleman did the hunting and pecking when he was talking about the analytics. Yeah. Uh, we will go live on. I'm about quality, not quantity. Quality. Not that hairdo quantity. says differently. And <laughs> I need to get. It. If you are currently in the YouTube chat, watching on YouTube and, and enjoying it, which now you can't see it. Sorry. Uh, hit the like button. It helps us a ton. And leave a comment. Uh, you know, if you make some, make fun of my hair plugs, make fun of, um, I don't know, you just make fun of me. Leave it in the comments. Comments and likes help us. I've learned this is especially true from again from my son Robbie, who uh, like he's he likes to he, he's logged in as his mother, but he comments on all these like the like gamer videos. I, I bet they think AK Brinson is a weirdo. Anywho. Also in the feed, week three best bets. Uh, the worst record this week was four and three, and that was me. Both Pete and RJ went five and two. You can sense a little heating up here, so I would highly recommend you check that out. One of the best bets I would have had if this game wasn't on a Thursday would have been the Panthers minus seven and a half or minus eight. It doesn't matter. They took care of business, but we can't dive into this without first talking about the fact that Carolina now three and zero with a soft schedule, playing really good football on both sides of the ball, probably suffered the not the worst two injuries they could have suffered, but pretty close to it. Christian McCaffrey had a hamstring injury that caused him to be ruled out within a minute and a half of the injury. He was in the medical tent for roughly fifteen to twenty minutes, and then went back to the locker room. J.C. Horn ruled out very quickly with a foot injury. That's their first-round pick, of course, playing inc- really high-level cornerback. We talked about him, in fact, on the uh, – it may be on the 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 pick show that you'll hear tomorrow, which we record on Thursdays. Prisco thought he was a good bet 12-1 to 1 as, as defensive rookie of the year. They're calling it a foot injury. It sure did look like an Achilles injury. That's what no, I – the, the report is a broken foot. Okay. All right. That broken foot would be a, frankly, a massive win for the Panthers. But then also Matt Rule said there were broken bones in his foot, which is slightly different than actually having a broken foot. So I'll ask you this. Which injury, Ryan Wilson, as our resident medical expert, which injury is worse for the Panthers? Christian McCaffrey with the possibility of coming back this year I guess J.C. Horn could too, or the J.C. Horn injury. Which which player impacts the Panthers more? I, I think it's a fascinating discussion. I think it's Christian McCaffrey. We'll find out exactly who Sam Darnold is. I mean, he looked fine against the Texans. The Texans, Not I say it all the time. He, went out. he looked bad when CMC went out. That offense. No, he, he, he sort of got, got warmed up in the fourth quarter in that last drive when they got yeah. the final touchdown. Uh, but there were, I mean, there were some hiccups right as soon as uh, C-Mac went out. Uh, I don't know. That's the nickname I use for him. He took some sacks. He had a fumble that was recovered by the Panthers. Uh, and it looked a lot like some New York Jetsian type Sam Darnold quarterback play. But I think that's the big question for me. Chuba Hubbard is, is a nice back. He's a rookie. Uh, he clearly isn't the player that McCaffrey is. But uh, he he did some, some things that were okay. Uh, he dropped a touchdown pass, which you certainly would expect McCaffrey to catch and hopefully Hubbard in the future. But I think it's certainly McCaffrey because even though J.C. Horn is awesome and 
last week, by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this last week, three players whose dads played in the NFL all got interceptions as rookies, JC Horn, Asante Samuel Jr. And Patrick Sertan, which is sort of cool. But the thing is that defense, we've talked about this before is so good in Carolina that you could stand to lose one player, even a player as good as JC Horn. If the front seven still getting after it. I mean, I think to me, that's the difference because I don't know if I want to see Sam Darnold without every single big time playmaker, either standing out wide or behind him, and uh, and that offensive line does have some question marks. Yeah, so I, uh, before before you answer, Breach, I'm going to sneak it in because I'm worried you're going to steal my answer. Uh, <laughs> it's cold take presented by Oh boy, Bud Light. I, I swear this is not a hot take. I'm going to drink my ice cold Bud Light while yeah. you're giving your ice cold right. take. Yeah. I pour mine in a glass just because I like to enjoy beer in a cold glass. My ice cold take presented by Bud Light. The J.C. Horn injury is worse for the Panthers than the Christian McCaffrey injury. And I realize there will be pushback about that. That is a hot take. I, I promise it's not. For me, the way J.C. Horn as a rookie was playing at that level, at that position, allowing Dante Jackson to cover number twos, allowing Phil Snow to be really creative up front, knowing he has these guys locking it down at the back end, I think that is harder to replace than getting 70% of Christian McCaffrey through Chuba Hubbard. I look, I get the Chuba Hubbard, not Christian McCaffrey, but Christian McCaffrey when healthy is the best running back in football. I want him out there every week. He's incredible to watch, but I think that when we look at the Panthers and their identity in 2021, which I believe will probably be, or was primarily defensive based that the JC horn injury could be worse than the McCaffrey injury. That is my ice cold take presented by Bud Light. I don't think that's crazy. Okay. I don't. I wasn't going to steal your answer. I haven't watched enough. This is obviously the first game where I saw all four quarters of the Panthers defense, sure. and they looked really as good as advertised. I saw them a little bit against the Saints, and I didn't really watch the first game against the Jets. Um, but it just it, it does feel like right now it's McCaffrey. Maybe it doesn't end up if Hubbard ends up turning into just 80% of the player that McCaffrey is, I think that will be enough to get them through. And that's still a ton, but I think it's McCaffrey. I agree with Wilson only because, you know, we saw as soon as he went out, he went out with like 12 minutes left in the second quarter. And from there until halftime, the Panthers just sputtered. They fell flat on their face. Uh, that, that possession that McCaffrey got in, injured on ended with that failed fourth and one. And McCaffrey was already out at that point. And so, boom, you turn it over. You know what, Chuba also might have gotten that. The refs were not kind to the Panthers tonight, by the way. Yeah, it was a real weird officiated game. Um, After the failed fourth and one real quick, they punt, they punt, and then the end of the half when they kneeled it. And so they basically did nothing. And not only that, the only three sacks Sam Darnold took in this entire game came in that that 12-minute stretch where McCaffrey initially went out. So it was like the Panthers just kind of didn't know what to do. And, you know, they figured things out a little bit in the second half. But it got pretty ugly there when CMC went out. So the now that is actually a great point, and I think it's severely undervalued here. The pass protection that Chris McCaffrey brings. He is like he is a he lays it all out there. He is re, he's consistently responsible with his pass pro. He knows where to be. He's going to help keep standard Sam Darnold protected. And I mentioned on the I don't know it was the preview with um, with Sully, and then again on HQ earlier. If you look at what they were doing, they, Joe Brady was setting up. Sam Darnold for, and they did this the whole, this is when the offense looked great tonight. They, he would have Sam Darnold take two reads 
and go through them very quickly. And it was like, look, if you aren't comfortable with this throw, just ignore it. Next one, if you're not comfortable, ignore it. And then the the, the third read would usually be a Christian McCaffrey dump off. And that's that's a really smart way to handle it because you're basically saying, if that's not a great look, if that's not a great look, throw it to CMC and he's going to be open because he's smart enough to do that. And the pass pro, again, key. I do wonder, Breach, if there was some sort of shell shock for the Panthers, like in the sense of they realized that CMC wasn't, you know, he's announced out and, you know, you find out on the sideline, they're like, whoa, we were kind of rolling and and he was our focal point. And like, now what do we do? I mean, do you, do you think that's a valid theory? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely possible. And they kind of played like that. It was kind of because that if they get that fourth and one and maybe score a touchdown there, I think they go up 14, nothing. Everyone's relieved. They get out of there with a, a bigger blowout than they, it doesn't ever feel close. This game felt close for a while. And it does feel like they were a little shell shocked because the next time they got the ball after that fourth and one, they, these weren't just punting on two straight possessions. They went three and out. Yep. So it, it, it was pretty ugly. It, and it felt like they didn't, they're like, Oh God, you know, Sam Darnold, that Christian McCaffrey has him there as the check down guy. He has them there for pass protection, you know, and that's probably the one thing where you wouldn't trust a rookie. So now he's, you know, Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. He's back in New York. So it, it is those things you have to worry about because you start getting the quarterback's head and then he starts to struggle yeah, and then it gets well, crazy. Well, and the only reason the Texans scored a touchdown is the Panthers got the ball with 208 left in the first half. And they go three and out and punt to the Texans. And at that point, David Culley and his offensive staff decided to do this crazy thing where you get the ball out quickly and throw the football down the field instead of going run, run, make Davis Mills figure something out up there down. And it, what happened was it was just Brandon Cooks was wide. It was just like pepper Brandon cooks or targets in a, in a hurry up offense. They scored a touchdown and they didn't do it again for the rest of the game. Naturally. I, I would push back on the shell shock stuff. I just think okay. that you lost Christian McCaffrey. They only played three games last year. It wasn't like they, they're accustomed to having Christian McCaffrey out there. He had two catches for nine yards. Shuba had three catches for 27 yards. So there was still the possibility to give him the ball. And by the way, if the first read is what Joe Brady wanted to do quickly, one, two, and then see Mac or Hubbard, DJ Moore was open every freaking time right. that he yeah. looked up. So DJ Moore and Brandon Cooks were the only guys catching passes well, on Thursday night. Well, there, but, there and one one real that, quick, McCaffrey yeah, had not nine touches in the first quarter, basically. So he was on pace to get 36 touches in this game. So yeah, no, but they have a, they have him on a pitch count. So he wasn't going to get 36 touches. Well, I, I saw this from our, our pal, Greg Rosenthal of NFL media that noted that last week against the saints in that blowout victory, Christian McCaffrey still getting touches in the five Panthers final drive, which I mean, Look, the guy missed a ton of time last year because he led the NFL in touches in 2019. Maybe be a little bit smarter about it. Uh, by the way, the Millie Maker was chopped uh, a ton of ways. The first place, tie for first place, won 46 grand, which is very nice. You had to have the stones not to play Christian McCaffrey in, uh, in, in Showdown DFS, which is not easy. That's not a... Yeah, that's not a... Yeah, but that's also how you win a million dollars. That's correct. So, one night. So as Breach noted in our little private Slack channel, our buddy Joe Person, William Mary, in the house, said that Sam Darnold said during his post-game press that he thinks McCaffrey will be back during the season, but that's him being optimistic. It's just a hamstring. He's coming back no longer than four or five weeks, worst case, I would think. So it must be something. Uh, no, well, that's what Dar or, uh, Darnold is making it sound like it ripped off the bone or something right, crazy exactly. like that. Exactly. If he's saying, I feel optimistic because saying he'll come back this Tyrod Taylor is a, the unluckiest person in the NFL and he's going to be he's on IR he'll be back in three or four weeks and hamstrings take up typically or four to, four to six week thing worst case 
Yeah, I know you're right. It's typically a four to six week. Could be my audio. My computer's being weird, but yes. Um, I, so he's I, he's likely not coming saying. back till sometime November at the earliest, best case scenario. And if it's worse than that, then you know you're looking late December, maybe the playoffs. Right. Worst case is November. Is what you're saying? No, no. Well, best, best case is November. Wait, why is it best case? What if it's that's, only four that, weeks? That's, yeah, four weeks. You're looking at. I don't think it's for almost taking so, you to November. You know, no, what saying, their next games in October. If it's a typical hamstring, then I think four weeks is reasonable. Yeah. Late, late October, Halloween time. I get that. Yeah. But I thought you meant like Thanksgiving or something. No, no. Like November 1st. Yeah. So the way that it happened, you know, when we, whenever we see those non-contact, non-contact injuries and somebody's wheeled out of there and they're like, and before the card even hits the exit tunnel, they're like, he's been ruled out. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, Joe Buck even prefaced, prefaced it with this like ominous. He's like, we have some news we have to get to here. And they go to Aaron Andrews. She's like, Christian McCaffrey has been ruled out. It's like, whoa, nobody's even seen him since he left on that play. And we yeah, but if you if you tear your hamstring, you know, immediately you're not going back in. So it's not like and it's not as bad as an Achilles because when you see the Achilles go up the guy's calf or whatever, it's just like, OK, I tore my hamstring. I literally, I can walk, but he walked to the locker room. You can walk with a torn hamstring. You can't run. Sure. That's the problem. My, my so, point is just that when someone is ruled out that quickly, it is generally a very bad sign for it, it, it. We've covered the NFL long enough. When somebody is ruled out within less than five minutes of the injury happening, it is typically a sign that it's a severe injury. And now Sam Darnold's, as you point out, throwing out uh, to you know, our pal, good friend of the show, Joe Person, that he is probably being optimistic that CMC will be back this year. Well, I think part of the issue is they don't like to give that information. So the fact that they let us know early, it's just them perhaps. Uh, but the thing, if you tore your hamstring, there's, I mean, as you preach notes, if you tear it off the bone, that's a problem. But well, I mean. My, my point is that J.C. Horn fell down, started pointing at his leg and calling for the trainers. And they said he was questionable return with a foot injury. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't, like, again, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> If that's that's if I ran the Panthers, I would have yeah, I would have signed Mike Glennon to a five year, hundred fifty million dollar deal, and then been like, Mike, where's my ten percent for the agents cut? Okay, so to the well, actual game just, itself, just for people listening on Friday, right. that's Brenton le- reading a, a reader <laughs> comment live during the show. Look, you from from David Johnson, who may or may not be the Texans running back. By the way, again, I, I just hate to bill, drag Bill O'Brien. He traded. Dre Hopkins away, brought back David Johnson's the third running back on this team. I mean, what are we doing? If you were building a super team of 2015 home run fantasy, fantasy friendly running backs, it's Houston Texans. The I mean, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Brandon Cooks uh, ended up having a nice game. Mm-hmm. He is going to be worthwhile for fantasy purposes moving forward. Rex Burkhead is on the roster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Bree, I mean, uh, Wilson, are you, what did you think about David Davis, Davis Mills? Excuse me. Uh, you know, he was a favorite of Pete Prisco coming out of the draft. Thought he acquitted himself fairly well at times. He's probably just in a bad spot to succeed because I don't trust this coaching staff and there's not a lot around him. Yeah, no, he he did he did pretty good. Uh, I'll give him that. The man with two last names who definitely sounds like he grew up in North Carolina, but he's actually from Georgia, interestingly enough. Uh, yeah, he he did well. The issue at Stanford is he didn't play a lot of football, and we heard Troy Aikman talk about that. I wish he had come back for another year because he would have been one of the uh, first quarterbacks to be drafted this year, mm. but he decided to come out, and that's certainly up to him. He went to the third round. He's the first pick in the third round. He went before 
Uh, first pick by the Texans. First yeah. pick by Nick Casario of his uh, career. I think Kellen Mond went right after him, and I like Kellen Mond a lot more. But yeah, he, yeah, he, went, some... uh, he went right after Kellen Mond. Okay, there you go. So um, he made some good throws, but as you noted, uh, the the game plan by with Tim Kelly, the, the offensive coordinator, is just to run the ball 85% of the time, and then on third and 12, make Davis Mills go back there and get his head ripped off, which is what happened frequently uh, in the first half. Then later in the game, when he was allowed to throw the football, he, he was able to do that. With a little more consistency, Brandon Cooks played really well. Um, no interceptions for Davis Mills. I thought he would definitely hit the over of, of a half. Ooh, you lost uh, $190 on that. 190 that's right. So that great job there, Davis. He had a touchdown uh, on a play, to his credit, where he looked off his first receiver very quickly and found Anthony Miller. And, and like I mentioned, he didn't do a lot of that in college. Didn't do that last week. Go back and watch the, the Browns game. So, yeah, it's a good start. But, I mean, the thing is, if you look at the advanced metrics from our buddies, football outsiders, Tyrod Taylor's a top-five quarterback based on his six quarters of play this year. And he was doing pretty well against the Bengal, uh, the Browns, excuse me, until like our guy C Mac, he pulled his hammy on that on that touchdown run. Yeah, I, I thought this the Texans coaching staff kind of held the team back in this sure. game because I thought Houston. I mean, I, I think we all thought Houston was going to get way blown out in this game. wasn't going to be as close as it was for three quarters, and it's like. If you're going to run the offense you ran, why not just run the Wildcat with your three aging running backs? Why even have a quarterback? They literally went in there. Thinking, you're making a joke, but that's not a terrible idea. Well, I mean, well, they're thinking, hey, we're going to just we're, we're not going to let our rookie quarterback throw the ball at all. We're, as Ryan said, we're just going to run the ball 85% of the time. And you're running into a brick wall. The Panthers are giving up 40 rushing yards per game through the first two weeks. The, the Texans only got 42 yards here. I don't know what they were expecting to do on the ground. And when they finally did, they, they, when they finally unleashed Davis Mills, to run that two minute drill, he drove him straight down the field. He went five of six for 60 yards with the touchdown to Anthony Miller's only incompletion was a spiked pass. Uh, and it was just like, okay, if they maybe would have at least tried that instead of, you know, doing these third and longs, when you throw it on third and long, the other defense is going to kill you, especially when the other defense is good. And that's what they did. How many times did Davis Mills get smashed in the head in this game? And you felt bad for him. And it was like, hey, why don't you guys try throwing the ball on first down, try running your two minute drill the entire game. Cause that's literally the only thing that's worked for you so far. Uh, so I thought it was weird that the coaching staff didn't let him throw much. And then my other beef with their coaching staff is that they punted. Hold on. I want to wait to hear that other beef with the coaching staff. Because, Breach, as you may know, the NFL season is here. And to celebrate, Bud Light just unveiled their limited edition team cans designed for the fans. There's a custom design for each fan base. As you can see over Ryan Wilson's right shoulder, Blitzburg. Breach has the who day, and I've got the... Freshly 3-0, but Pyrrhic victory-ish Carolina Panthers hashtag for the fans. We have had a few of ours tonight, and we'll crack a few more on Sunday. The hitting stores now are the only beer you're going to want to have in your fridge this season. Head over to BudLightDelivery.com or BudLight.com slash delivery. Excuse me. That's the first time I messed that up. Now to find out how to get yours delivered, again, BudLight.com slash delivery. Go get your team cans. Breach, you pointed out the punt. By the Texans. Was it? It was really short, wasn't it? it that was, was my other issue with their coaching staff. Besides uh, just handcuffing Davis Mills, not letting him throw the ball, uh, fourth and one, or fourth and four, but they were at Carolina's 39 yard line. If you are inside the other team's 40, you do not punt the ball. If you are a, a one and one team that everyone thought was going to go 0 and 17, you do not punt the ball. You have nothing to lose here. And Joey Sly has a big enough leg. He hit a 53 yard field goal in the game. Yes, he missed an extra point, but apparently you didn't want them to go. You wanted to to kick. I wanted them to go for it or kick the field goal. Do anything but punt. 
do anything but punt. And here is you go for it because you're inside their 40 yard line. It makes sense. Uh, just you have nothing to lose. That's it. If you don't get it, they get the ball at the 39. Or if you try to run it and then you get three yards, they get the ball at the 36. It's not great field position. If the hey, breach, let, let me just add this quickly to your point. Surrender index 90 on Twitter is a fantastic <laughs> follow. I, I was just looking at that. Today. Yeah, the, the punt you mentioned um, ranks as the 99. 0.6 percentile of cowardly punts in 2021 and the 99.1 99 and a first 99.1 percentile oh. of all punts since 1999. My God. Oh, I looked so at that ball. is a horrible, horrible decision. And even, even if you kick the 56 yard field goal, let's say Joey Sly makes that again, Joey Sly cannot hit extra points, but you put him out there for a long range field goal. He'll nail it, hit the 53 yarder as I mentioned earlier. But if you make that, you're up nine to seven. And that changes the whole complexion of the game. If you are leading in the second half, you know, that fires up your defense. That that gets everyone going. And nope, you punt it. Well, you know and what's they, frustrating you know, to me? You know what the Panthers did after that punt? They went down and scored a touchdown. Game yeah, over. of course they did. But what's frustrating to me is that they don't punt there. Um, they do punt there, but then it's fourth and 11 in the fourth quarter. And they're down by two scores. I'm like, yeah, let's go for it and see what happens. And, and guess who gets hit in the face as they fall to the ground <laughs> on a ball that comes up one yard short of the bar of the sticks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird to be like, I get it. David Cully is trying to coach his way into coach. You know, he, he finally 47 years of being an assistant coach. He finally got this head coaching job and he wants let to me, let me ask you this though. And yeah. this is a, this is a complaint to, to sort of play as you like to say, Brinson De devil's avocado mm. here. So I just mentioned the, the surrender index guys and, and, you know, looking at every single team, you have to go for it there. But what if you're the coach of the Houston Texans and your quarterback is a rookie who's never started a game, your offensive line is in shambles uh, and you don't trust your defense to a large extent against uh, a pretty good Panthers offense, even though Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey was out at that point. So does that change your decision calculus or are you going for that's, it no matter that's what? My whole point is if, if I'm the head coach of the Houston Texans in 2021, I'm David Culley. I know that this is, this is it. You're, you're probably going to get fired from this job, no matter you how. Think, you think so? No, no, not this year, but just this. Oh, is, oh, right, yeah. This is probably your only chance at a head coaching job. So yeah, why he's, would you play yeah, it right. safe? Yolo, Yolo, and also, Yolo are you playing the safe? hell out of this? If you're going crazy. by in-game feeling, the Panthers literally only had two drives in the first half of more than seven yards. So there's time. no reason you wouldn't have faith in your defense to make a stop if you go for it on fourth. It's just, I don't the know Panthers, what he was thinking. The Panthers were playing this game. Okay, if we get to 21, we trust our defense to win this game. They were playing it super conservative. You know, they were... They were moving the ball okay, but and I do I do feel like the referees, there was the pass interference non-call on the first drive for Carolina where DJ Boer got absolutely mugged by Vernon Hargraves, and there's no flag. Uh, there was the pass interference call against Carolina on a third and long on the left side of the field where I think it was Dante Jackson, but it could have been Horn. I could be wrong. It was, da it was Dante. Dante Jackson, and the ball's 17 feet above the ground, completely uncatchable. The refs are bombing flags in there. I thought the Chuba Hubbard fourth and one was a little bit closer. Okay, maybe no, you didn't stop, get it. They, stop it. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying that there was. You it, sound like a bigger homer than me and me and Breach. Now that your team is three and your team is three and zero. My team is not going to the playoffs. I don't, I'm not worried about it. But I mean, I, I don't. I, it felt like the refs were very clearly it, whatever coin flip calls happened in this game. They all went to Houston. And they still won twenty. They still won twenty-four to nine. <laughs> I mean, well, that, but that's what it takes for Houston to compete in these games. Is twenty-four to nine. I, look, my, my point is, if I'm David Cully, I am going bees to the wall. Like 
bees. Bees? Uh, yeah, no, I I get that, and that's a fair point. I won't even argue. I will say this though, and I'm probably gonna say it every week until I'm proven otherwise. These guys play hard for David Cully. Yeah, the Lions play hard for Dan Campbell. Jaguars, not so much. <laughs> I don't think the Texans will go one in sixteen. My bold prediction was that the Texans will win twice as many games as the Lions and the Jaguars combined, and so far I'm crushing it. They have infinity more right now. Infinity. I didn't know. I didn't know if anyone would get the math. You got it, Breach. That's a goal. <laughs> start. Infinity yes. and beyond. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Texans feel like a oh, five, uh, you know, five you know six one team. You know who Warren's talking about? Tommy Tribble. Hello. Hey, yeah, the funny thing is, Notre Dame looked good, man. He he was known for his blocking in Notre Dame, and he got. Sam blowed up on the first I one of his uh, early sacks. But yeah, then he had the end around, the old school end around. And um, the thing is, he's incredibly raw as a pass catcher. And I think he's only going to get better. And we saw glimpses of that tonight. So that, that was awesome. Uh, Terrace Marshall played well. Balls. Uh, uh, here's what? a Tommy Trimble Only fun fact. It's balls. Tommy Trimble yeah. fun fact. He is the youngest tight end in NFL history to score a rushing touchdown. That is a fun. I don't, that's a great fun fact. He broke. I, I'm, glad to have, I'm glad to have. What's your uh, on a scale of one to ten? How do you rate that fun fact? B minus. Huh? That's not that's a not a one to ten scale. That's a one to ten rating. That's a, that's a How old is Tommy I Trimble? rate Ryan's understanding of grading <laughs> scales a two. <laughs> a two? He said B minus. It's a, <laughs> it should be a one. Number you gave a two for. Ray's on a curve. He's a Bengals fan. Uh, Clarence, this is a this is a this is actually a better uh, ice cold take presented by Bud Light than the one I gave. Everyone thought Houston was the worst team this year. Their D is actually okay. Houston will sweep Jacksonville. That's I agree. I think hey. the Lions and the Texans, I don't know at what point those teams will quit because they're going to quit. Eh. I mean, you're not going to make it to week 15 trying try hard. It's just not sure. on you to lose those games. But I, from weeks like 5 to 14, they're gonna, there's going to be some – they're going to cover some games – and they're gonna, they're gonna uh, surprise some teams that are unprepared or looking past it. That's what I was gonna say. Between now and the bye, they play. Yeah. I'll list it off real fast: the Bills, the Patriots, oh, the Colts, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Dolphins. And I feel like they win one of those games. Well, here's a, here's something else to keep in mind: Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> yeah, we see that silly comment. <laughs> ah, that's a great Tyrod comment. Taylor had the Browns on the ropes in the first half. Like they seemed uh, on their heels, and that would have been a close game. I'm sure the Browns probably would have won it. But certainly much closer than, than when Davis Mills came in. And I think when Tyrod comes back, if he can recapture some of that form that he had for the first six quarters or so, those could be those wins you're talking about, Breach. The, the problem is it as Breach pointed out, Breach, Breach, Breach Brains points out, um, <laughs> I don't trust this coaching staff to make you, like, you have, by the way, you have breach for brains. I have it's, it's a compliment according to our commenter. Our commenter said breach is the brains of the operation. I was for those of you not watching on YouTube. Yeah, I was so substituting breach for, comment. for poop. Breach for brains. <laughs> oh, we missed! <laughs> um, the the problem is I don't trust this coaching staff to make life easier for the young quarterback or Tyrod Taylor. Well, yeah. They won the first game. They were in it until Tyrod got hurt in week two against Cleveland, so... Yeah, but this is also the guy that called a time or declined a penalty hey, look, so he, he could put look, on a fourth down. He apologized, down. Breach. We're not beating that down for, yeah, it doesn't mean ever, he won't do it in the future. Uh, oh, uh, I think one good takeaway from this game, especially, I, I mean, he still was heavily targeted even after CMC went down. DJ Moore 
uh, good luck buying. You can't buy low on him in fantasy, but he looks like he could very well challenge to lead the league in receiving guards. What, uh, what's Robbie Anderson thinking about all this? We got paid, so I think he's fine. So last year, what was weird, <laughs> Anderson's A dot average depth of target was really low, and Moore's was really high. It was it was very bizarre because Anderson's the field stretcher, and Moore's the guy who you get into space and work underneath. And this year, it's flipped back to where it should be. I think Robbie Anderson, aka Sir Purr, is cool with the situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know this was something I was going to point out before the break. Um, Texas de- defensive coordinator, Lovey Smith. He just runs cover two. That's why they just dinked and dunked the whole way down. I had a, a good buddy, a good smart football friend of mine text me and say, man, the Panthers are going to dink and dunk all over Lovey Smith's cover two. And they did just that. So that's why I think this probably wasn't a Robbie Anderson game because, you know, that the early on, Darnold threw this really nice pass it, just in terms of the throw and it hit Dan Arnold in the hands. But he had two safeties converging on them because they they squat on the the hash marks so and they don't they hadn't moved off so he he shouldn't have thrown it there even though it hit him in the hands, um and that that's sort of the problem that cover two isn't set up well if the safeties are are staying true to their 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 assignments to have Robbie Anderson vertical shots, you know what I'm saying? I do understand you can still you can still be cover two with with deep shots. But I understand what you're saying. I, I I think the Panthers came into this game with a very of course yeah of course you could hit deep shots and cover two all day. But I think the Panthers came into this game thinking we need to get X, and we can get that by chewing them up underneath. Well, the first two weeks, Sam Darnold he hasn't thrown the ball deep at all. His he's his yards per attempt. No, it's his second lowest in the league, I think. Yeah. So this isn't anything out of the ordinary in terms of what they do. But he's throwing he's throwing for over two hundred sixty yards all three games. So you know, as we talked about, you and I, Brinson on HQ on Wednesday, it's letting the playmakers do the heavy lifting. And obviously, see, uh, McCaffrey so, came out, so it was DJ Moore's night to do it. Does it? I mean, is it? This is kind of crazy, but is it fair to like just? Like, why don't we just ignore the previous three years? We'll call it the Sam Darnold's rookie year. We're going to give a wash for the Adam Gay stuff. I think it's fair. Oh, 100%. By the way, uh, let me... Is this a Kevin Clark tweet? Yeah, that's a great tweet. Do you see this breach? So Kevin Clark, uh, friend of the podcast, actually. Good good friend of the show. Um, I was trying to think if he'd been on or not. Um, He pointed out that he's like, you might think this Adam Gay stuff is a meme. But Adam Gase is at LSU in 2002, leaves, and they win the national championship. I mean, well, here, here's the actual tweet. You're leaving out some of the important things. Tannehill and Darnell improve after Gase. Uh, the Broncos win the Super Bowl immediately after Gase leaves. LSU after 2002, then he wins. And then he added, Kevin Clark did, that this is not a joke. Adam Gase's Michigan High School won the state title its first season after his 1996 Stop graduation. It. Stop it. So I think there's a there's a theme there, Breach. It seems plausible. This Great isn't news just also a breach. The crazy theory. Of the Cincinnati Bengals, Adam Gase. Well, I was going to say every team. Oh, we missed. That's a compliment. You hire Gase for a year and then you fire him and you went, you're guaranteed like, a super. Hey, Adam, we want to send you to a one-year, $5 million contract. And Gase is like, hell yeah. We literally cool. don't care how you do. If you go 0-17, if you go 15-2, and 2, you're getting fired. 0-17. There's the tweet. But the funny thing is, Adam Gase will say, Mike Brown, now you love to save money. I want to have a lifetime deal. I'll work for $10 a year and they'll be there forever. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Um, okay. Are we, uh, Oh, I, I don't know. I don't have it open right now. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, Brian Burns, three sacks Player of the year. 
three straight games. I bet it 53 to one last week or two weeks ago. You're off to a good start. I, yeah, I'm going to see what he's at at Caesars right now because they actually leave these up even when this stuff is happening. I love that. It's better than your Trent Williams for comeback player of the year. I'll tell you that. Or First your uh, one if it Garrett, Garrett Bradbury. Garrett okay, Bradbury, rookie of the year. <laughs> You're getting better. You're getting better. Here it is. Hold on. Let's see. Burns is at Caesars. Our pals at Caesars have Burns. 40 to 1 at, at Caesars right now. There it's if moving. you have access to Caesars or any book with Brian Burns at 30 to 1 or more, go bet that. This dude is playing with his hair on fire. What is uh, Breach? What would what, what you set the odds for rookie of the year for Evan McPherson, the kicker for the Bengals, who's really good? Oh, I mean, like 5,000. It'd be something insane. A kicker what if he has kicks, never won it. What if he kicks 12 straight game winning field goals? Well, then he has, yeah. I mean, 12 straight. That means the Bengals are winning 12 games. So, right, it's been a great show, everybody. Thanks for the- <laughs> <laughs> trying, that to get, trying to get Breach excited after all the dunks. I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm the brains of the operation. I got a compliment on the YouTube page. I'm I'm good to go breach for brains. another hour. We only, about only another breach, hour. I'm here. Only breach would breach is gonna we're gonna we're gonna show up to the next podcast we gotta do together on, on Sunday night. Breach is gonna have like a a framed quote. The brains of the operation. YouTube <laughs> commenter. Brains be printed out. Brains to the back. B R A N E S. The brains of the operation. The Panthers defense. Uh, here is this. Uh, Fun fact from ESPN stats and info. Uh, they, they've only given up 573 total yards through three games. That is the fewest total yards allowed by any team starting three and oh, since the 1992 Philadelphia Eagles who had Reggie white. Wow. Ooh. I bet that that will change next weekend or in 10 days when the Panthers play the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. That will be a we'll fun test. So we'll the see. Panthers, uh, let's let's do our little the rigmarole where we go through what's next for these teams. The Panthers have the Texans are just going to die a slow death and continue to burn <laughs> on the spit until they until the season ends. But uh the Panthers are at the I mean, the Panthers are three and oh. They lose McCaffrey, they probably lose Horn for a while, but they are three and oh, and they're technically in the mix. They're at the Cowboys uh in week four. Oh, 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 week five, they host the Eagles. Bum, 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 Debo. Week six, they, or no, yeah, week six, they host the Vikings. Week seven, they're at the Giants. Week eight, they're at the Falcons. And week nine, they are hosting the Patriots. That is, you know, I don't know if they'll beat the Patriots, but I, I think they could potentially do it. Yeah, of course. That is a really, if they could stack. So that's one, three two, three, four. Stretch. That's six games. How many wins do you want? Three. I want to go three and three in that stretch. It'd be six and three. They don't play a team that finished last season with a winning record until November twenty eighth. I think and, they win. I think they win four. Well, this Christian McCaffrey thing and JC Horn thing has me worried. I think three and three is right. I, I would go four if everyone's healthy. And as I've pointed out, as this wait, how many games are we talking about here? Six games. Six games. Three and three is very good. Four and two is incredible. If they're I think three and three is the worst case scenario. But they don't have Christian McCaffrey. They don't have JC Horn. Two of their best players. I mean, we got to understand. They just beat the, the two worst, two of the three worst teams in football in the Jets and the Texans. And that we'll find something out right quick. Now, the right. Saints the situation. Cowboys, Cowboys could, Cowboys might be a good bet. And by the way, we somehow failed to mention this on the recap pod that the Saints, who got blown out by the Panthers, had eight coaches who were on the COVID list who couldn't coach. Yeah. So that may have had something to do with that as well. Correct. And a bunch of starters out. Yes. It was, it was rough. It was a starter's out. Yes. The well, Panthers so, have had 
The Panthers have one of the easiest schedules in football. When uh, do we think the Panthers lose their first game? Uh, next week. Yeah, I'll say next week. I, I think, think next week, too. I think the Cowboys get them. I but, just think yeah. you get a rookie quarterback in week one. You get Jameis Winston playing his first road game in week two. You get a rookie quarterback in week three, and then finally, boom, you get slapped in the face with Dak Prescott. I mean, it's going to be. What do we? What do we think the line will be? The look at what's the look at line for Panthers Cowboys? Uh, Cowboys are favored by two and a half. Oh, I was going to say six. five or six. Yeah, yeah, two and a half. <laughs> Breach brain is on is on the freeze. The brains of the operation. <laughs> Cowboys are the Panthers are favored by seven. Now pick them. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing, and you know, you're talking about Brian Burns. That defense was balling out. If they get after Dak Prescott, who's incredibly tough, and can that, make throws under pressure. That was the. Here's the thing. Andy Dalton can win that. Yeah. It's, yeah, God. Don't bring that up. That it looks guy. like, what did, wait, what did you guys say it was going to be? Five to six. And I said two and a half. Mm-hmm. It looks like it is four. That, that You don't victory lap that. That's, no, I'm just saying. Under, you you guys laughed at me like I was way off. You guys were way off. It you was were even, way off. Five even. is closer to hey, two. Hey, have you ever played Price is Right? You went over. You're out. You lose. I just won the showcase showdown. No, 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 no. You don't get to yell and be right. That's not how this works. You said three and a half. I said the Texans' next games are this incredible that you tried to victory lap that. Yeah, It's like we said, what is the line going to be? The look at line was four. Now the Panthers barely like snuck by the Texans, lost CMC and JC Horn. Do you think the line's going down to two and a half? The uh, Texans are at the Bills. Oh, boy. Billy Faye, look at this sketch. Yikes. Jeez. Then get the, get the Patriots at home. You can see this on YouTube.com if you are so inclined. YouTube.com slash pick six. At the Colts, maybe mm. Carson Wentz and his 14 broken ankles will be back by then. Mm. At Arizona. Oh, my God. The Rams at home. At Miami. At Tennessee. So we need to expand that, Debo. Keep scrolling. When is the Texans' next win? Ah, there it is. At home against the Jets. So they're... I think they could win one game of those seven games. Tennessee going. I think they win one also. I think they yeah. upset someone. I think it's possible they beat Indianapolis in Indy. Could be Indy. They could be Miami. Maybe the Cardinals. Mm. Maybe the Cardinals. We always talk about the Cardinals as Cardinals a, love to hang around to in a bad way. I would not want to have the Texans over right now. I'll tell you that much. They're still. I'm telling you, they're they're four to five wins is what Breach said. I think they're going to find it. Yeah. You got you have the Jets in Jacksonville, two games they probably should win. So Tyrod's coming back. I mean, those are, that gets those them are just three. win games if you bet the over. That's true. That gets them to three, and they just have to find two more wins anywhere on the schedule. Yeah, Tyrod's gonna gonna I, make it happen. I, I mean, you gotta pray the Tides are resting everybody. I think uh, you be in charge of dunks. No, I the dunk king. I, sorry. Um, no, it's actually technically no. He cannot be in charge because of again technical reasons. That's why Breach can't have his own dunk button. All right, let's get the hell out of here. This is way too yes, Peace. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Big brain, big brain, Breach. Yeah. It's not going to be a thing. Y'all are not calling. Leave on a high note. <laughs> uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thank hit you. that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Appreciate y'all. See y'all. Uh, make sure to check out the, the picks, pick spot, of course. Next, next show, live on YouTube. Sunday night to recap week three. See you guys.